Welcome to episode 47 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Decision-making should not happen in a vacuum or appear to happen in a vacuum. This is Leadership in Context, a conversation on leadership in the context of the local church. For show notes, email podcasts at innerpastors.com. And now here's Keith Tusi. The last couple of times together, we've been talking about decision-making. And in the first podcast on decision, I used the phrase of making a decision in a vacuum. So I thought I would address that on our time together here. How not to make a decision in a vacuum. I actually did some research on what a scientific vacuum was to see where maybe that phrase originated. And it's interesting that the noun definition is very simple. A space entirely devoid of matter. In other words, there's something that's happening that is not being affected by matter or by reason or by facts or by substance. It means to be empty, void, or a state of nothingness. So we do not want to be making decisions in a vacuum. Or let me just say this, decisions that appear to be made in a vacuum. Because one of the rules of a leader is not just to make good decisions, uh, and sometimes by trial and error, as we've talked about, but getting people to understand that there is a process that you are using and getting them to uh, appreciate that and respect that process as they see you as a person of process. Now, of course, one of the things you have to know about everything is that you don't know everything that you need to know about everything. Let me say it again. The facts are, you don't know everything that you need to know. And so when you're making a decision, uh, especially a high-level decision, we should always assume that even though we've done our due diligence, even though we may have experience or facts, there may be something we don't know. And of course, the danger is, is we don't know that we don't know it. So that's why it's good to talk out loud and to... Uh, process out loud with people. In other words, we're going to put a base assumption into the facilitation of this decision that assumes that there is always something more we can learn. So it's good to have trusted people that we can bounce things off of. You know, some of the high-level leaders I work with, I've noticed that when we have conversations That's what they're doing. They're just bouncing things. They're not asking for permission. They're not really even asking for a different opinion. They're saying, hey, I'm thinking about this. Do you think I'm thinking right? Is there there anything that I'm missing? And more often than not, honestly, usually there's not. But just the process of talking out loud, thinking out loud can be very therapeutic and very revealing and help them either identify a weak spot or have confidence in the decision they've already made. So uh, you can live uh, in, in a place where you're living in a void because you don't know what you don't know. Have you ever seen somebody close to you uh, make a decision and you find out about it afterwards and you think, oh man, I wish they would have talked to me before they did that. Or I wish they would have talked to somebody before they went out and bought that thing or signed up or, or, or made that personnel decision or whatever. You just wish they would have talked to somebody, that there was help that was available. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, I think, especially in sales, you know, they're being pressured to 
to buy things, to lease things, to sign up for agreements and, and service plans and all this type of thing. And uh, they're hearing one side of the story. And uh, they're making decisions in a vacuum, in effect. And we think, man, if they would have just talked to somebody else, it could potentially save them a lot of grief. Well, listen, we need to put ourselves in that same position and make sure that we are processing that outside. Most leaders are teachers. Matter of fact, I would say this. To be a leader, you have to be a teacher. That doesn't mean you have to be an orator. Like if you're a business leader, it doesn't mean you've got to be up in front of groups of people. But it does mean that you've got to be teaching people. You've got to be imparting people. You've got to be instructing people. And so a teacher must be the most teachable person in the group. I want you to think about that. If you're responsible for teaching five people or 50 people or 500 or 5,000, whatever the number is, you should be the most teachable person in the group. Your receptive antennas should be out there looking for knowledge and wisdom, and we should model that in our decision-making process. You know, there's an old saying, you cannot lead a person who does not desire to move forward. This is very true, and you can't teach somebody who thinks they know everything. And you can't cause revival where there's not a hunger and a thirst. But if we model that ourselves in the decision-making process, now listen, I'm not talking about giving away authority. I think a lot of people get paranoid. You can ask input and uh, ideas of people. I'm a big believer in getting ad hoc people together. Hey, I'm going to do this. You might not have a title. You might not have authority, but you know more about this than our executive team does or the people that are in charge of making decisions. So could you help us with this so that they can make an accurate decision? I remember one time I had a fellow in the church who, who had sold copy machines. Well, you know, why should the executive team or the elders make a decision about a copy machine when you have a guy that used to sell copy machines? Well, he's going to know more about it, right? <laughs> and so you use that, you use that ability to make that decision. He doesn't have to be spiritual. He just knows how to have to buy a copy machine. Now, one of the things we've got to understand to model this to people is that there's a difference between process and permission. I think a lot of people, I've had these conversations with, with some strong leaders who do not get the input that they need to make better decisions. And I think because in their mind, they feel that they're asking for somebody's permission, that they should kind of have this built-in thing that they should know what to do because that's their job. Well, we talked about that in the last podcast a little bit, but let's separate that. When you're seeking somebody out to get some input on what to do, it's not a permission issue, it's a process issue. Now, see, that's something you really want to model the people serving around you because if you do that, then they're not going to be able they're not going to be afraid to make a mistake and they're going to come to you all the time saying what do you think about this what do you think about that it'll just be these these great conversations on the fly let alone when you're really sitting down in an executive decision making process and you've really got to hammer something out that is that is really important okay uh so we got to get that one factor of making decisions is really learning on how to draw on the Holy Spirit. Marrying spirit and truth. Jesus said that's the kind of worshipers he was looking for. And I can think of several 
situations in my life where I knew the decision had to be made, spiritually speaking, regarding ministry. And I remember one time meeting with our leaders, and, and they knew I had to make a decision about us going forward in a certain area. And Penny and I were going to be away for a week, and I said, listen, I'm going to have some time away this week. I'm going to be fasting, praying. Well, actually, I wasn't going to be fasting, i got to be honest, but I was going to be praying. And uh, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back with a word from the Lord. So I came back, and that Sunday after church, they all were sitting in my office, and they looked at me, and I said, I'm sorry. I do not have it. The disappointment. I mean, they were sure I was going to have a word from the Lord because I told them I was going to have a word from the Lord. But nothing happened. But the next night, Monday night, we were visiting one of our kids, and we were driving home. And as we were driving, in the middle of a conversation, the word of the Lord came to me. Boom. Just hit me. There it was. I had put demand or draw on the Holy Spirit. I had put myself out there. I had, I had got that team to pray and believe that we were going to. And when I went back and shared with them, it was like they lit up. I was like, that is right. And it was just, wow. And it was something that was not on the table, but it was a God thing. And it, and it really it really did work. I remember one time we were talking about buying another piece of property to expand into. And, uh, you know, there were obviously some financial concerns and they were weighing on me a little bit. And so, you know, I'd kind of put this thing out there and, and we were looking at this one piece of property and we were pretty confident that's the way we should go. What was interesting was this. So all of a sudden I just said, okay, in 90 days, if we don't meet that financial goal, we're just going to back off. We're just going to pull back and let it rest because I just there was just something in my spirit that was not just quite right. Uh, I just didn't have peace. 90 days, boom, we hit the goal. We had all the money we needed. And all of a sudden, that property we were looking at, I just began to think, I don't know about this. And on the same day, just several days later, two different guys walked into our church, part of our church, had not compared notes at all, and said, hey, have you ever noticed this other piece of property? And they both talked about the same property that no one had ever noticed that was for sale. And we went and we looked at it and made a crazy offer on it, and they took it. <laughs> Just putting demand on the Holy Spirit. See, there was, there was a sequence that was happening. But my spirit was backed up over the finances. I wanted, once I got that once I got that cleared, then things happened. I'm going to give you a little secret about decision making. When your horizontal levels are blocked, your vertical le levels, uh, when I should say when your horizontal levels are stacked up, they block your vertical vision. Okay, like when I'm trying to make an important decision, and I look at my desk, and I got a lot of stacks on my desk. I'm going to tell you one thing. The decision I need to do is to make a decision to clear my desk off so I can have a vertical hearing on what is really going on. Sometimes just clearing those obstacles away can be some of the best thing you do on decision making so you're not making decisions in a vacuum. Hey, this is Keith Tusi. Great to be with you for Leadership in Context. Tell some of your friends about this podcast so they can enjoy the blessings of it too. Have a great day. Today, Keith continued the discussion on decision-making. Being a decisive leader is a defining mark of leadership. Knowing what you do not know, seeking input and wisdom, being teachable, listening to the Holy Spirit, processing with someone outside yourself are all things that are critical to the decision-making process. 
Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.